This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our annual ghoulish episode of Stacking Benjamins. This is always one of my favorite episodes, and I have to say, this is a little bit of an adultish Halloween on SB, so stackers who are younger might not um, might not enjoy our interview with Amanda today. Obviously, on this show, if there are any words that are unacceptable, we beep those out. However, today we have some adult themes. So, while it certainly will maintain its uh, PG-13 demeanor, I think uh, younger stackers probably shouldn't be in the car when you're listening today. All right, that's enough of that. On to today's show. empty and cobwebs appear on your credit cards benjamins and bills in arrear when ghosts of good times long since past and memories made of cash gone too fast (coughs) that's when you know it's the season of ghosts in your bank account and investment hosts. When your phone rings loud and you already know that if you dusted off your credit score, it's awfully low. When the ghouls who run debt collections ready the chains 
there fitted to you around your legs and hands. It's the witching hour for your money, and there's only one way out. <laughs> My way. From Joe's Bomb's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's Bomb's neighbor, Doug, and welcome, weary money geeks, to our little house of financial horrors. I'm Joe's Mom's neighbor, Doug, and on today's show, what are your money horror stories? I'll bet your life that today's guest has better ones proving that you can recover from bad decisions, we welcome the dumpster dog blogger herself, Amanda Holden. Plus, how creepy creative is your Halloween treat giving? You're digging your own grave if you don't think our guest today also has a more fiendishly wicked idea. Help us welcome the host of the Money Life Show with Chuck Jaffe. Believe it or not, it's Chuck Jaffe. That's not all. Of course, we'll answer a question from the Haven Lifeline and I'll share some bone-chilling trivia. And now, two guys who ate all the candy we were supposed to hand out to the kids. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. Well, I can claim the Kit Kats. OG took the rest. Swear on Scout's honor. Do you eat the Kit Kats layers? I do. do you just bite them? I know what you're talking about. Uh, I do clip them off one of the little things at a time. One, one of the little times at a time. No, I'm talking about the layers. No, I do the times. Within the Kit Kat. I do not. You're a heathen if you eat them that way. No. Okay. Also, frozen? Not frozen. Oh, frozen Kit Kats actually surprisingly good. I did that by accident, by the way. You know. You just accidentally put Kit Kats in the freezer? No, I just couldn't wait any longer. They were in the freezer and I wasn't going to wait. Yeah, they're not bad. It was it was hot in Texas and the candy was melting, so we put it in the freezer and bam, went, got to have one of these. And it was great. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Halloween Candy Podcast. I'm Joe Saul. See hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, the scariest guy on this entire podcast, it's my friend OG. What's up? You are uh, dressed as a middle-aged financial dude today. Middle-aged ripped financial dude. Yeah, cha, of course. And you know why? It's because you're a masterwork, of course. Uh, that might not be what they're talking about when we say that Masterworks is the first art investment platform that allows you to invest in the world's most valuable paintings. Visit masterworks.io and reserve your shares. Big thanks to Masterworks for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Also, thanks to Cabbage for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Get the money you need to run your small business, OG, at cabbage.com and use the code SB. You know what will happen then? You're going to get a $100 credit, a Benjamin credit on your first loan statement. Offer ends November 30th. Must take a $5,000 loan to qualify. Terms and conditions apply. All right. No terms, no conditions on this show because it's about to get crazy. We've got Chuck Jaffe here. We've got Amanda Holden here, the dumpster doggy. These are, these are some phenomenal guests celebrating Halloween with us. 
Can't wait. So let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. One quick headline that our producer Taylor gave me that we had to talk about, OG, before we visit with our esteemed guests. Want to cut your internet bill? This according to the Huffington Post, uh, written by Casey Bond. Guess how you cut your internet bill immediately. We're going to save you some cash. Call and complain about the internet bill? You probably could do that. Maybe. And there's all those ways. But here's a big one. Stop renting your modem. Yeah, Yeah. If you're trying to save money by cord cutting, you might have already ditched cable TV in favor of streaming services like Netflix and Hulu. After all, Casey writes, an estimated 33 million adults did so in 2018 alone. 33 million people cut the cord last year. But if you maintain the same internet service, and let's be real, of course you did. There's there's a good chance. There's a good chance you're still renting the modem from your cable provider. And if you've had the same service for five years, we'll be prepared to do some upsetting math. You know what's funny? So I brought a modem with me from Texas that I own, and I'm so glad Taylor did this because I was going to have to go through this long verification process, and I was going to have to be here, and I was still in Texas. My sister-in-law was going to let the cable people in so we could move quickly and keep the podcast coming, you know, because what would happen if we didn't have a podcast on a given Wednesday, you know? So before the move, the cable people came. My thought then, I'm just going to rent the cable box for a month, made sure that I could turn it in in a month and add my own. My own cable box is sitting right over there in that drawer a year later, and I wasted all that money. Yep. Easy move, OG. And you have a better internet mesh modem. Is that what you're talking about? Your Eero? I do. Sitting right over there also. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting to be activated to provide internet to all of your guests that come over, not just the ones that stand right next to the modem in the basement. I don't know what you're referring to. What are you, tra- what are you <laughs> implying here? Wouldn't it be amazing if you could make text messages come through from the upstairs to the what? downstairs? What? Without having to like, hold on, I texted you. Let me go stand next to the modem real quick. Good stuff here. Thanks to Taylor for bringing that up. All right. Our second headline today comes to us via uh, Chuck Jaffe. And this is uh, one that he has talked about and written about all over the place. By the way, just to tell you who Chuck is, Chuck is not only the host of the Money Life with Chuck Jaffe show, he also wrote for the Boston Globe. He's been a Boston radio guy for a long time. If there's anybody, OG, that every person on Wall Street will take his call, it's Chuck Jaffe. Chuck, I was reading Chuck's stuff back when I was a financial advisor. So Chuck is always not only entertaining, but calls it like he sees it. And uh, well... For those of you that don't remember, he was here last year. Hang on tight. We're about to talk about Halloween candy. It's our good friend Chuck Jaffe. Chuck, what's happening, man? Oh, you know, couldn't be better at getting ready to go do Halloween, which was always like a favorite holiday, but now I think it's even better. I don't know who has more fun at Halloween, kids or you? Well, it's important to note because I've gotten a couple of people who are fans of my show who hate what I do on Halloween because they've heard me tell the story of somebody going away with no candy. And they're like, Halloween is supposed to be fun. Like I grew up in rural Kentucky and Halloween is supposed to be fun. The kids have a great time. 
And they had a great time last year, even if they happened somehow to go away with no candy. My spouse questioned you on that when we just saw you recently in Boston. Cheryl was like, how do you send kids away without candy? And you say, in your defense, you're like, they had a choice and they loved it. Yes, they had a choice. They made a conscious choice. They like it. And the other thing is that they're not really supposed to find out that they're going away with nothing until they get home. (laughs) So the case last year that I talked about where one of my neighbor's children was ready before everyone else. So the parents trying to keep her calm said, why don't you just go hit up the first couple of houses? So she goes to each of my neighbor's houses. And when she gets to me and she's got this choice, she takes the choice that, well, she's only got three pieces of candy and she traded them all in. So she takes her envelope back her family sort of asks what's going on, and she opens it within plain sight of me, basically at the edge of my property, and she's got nothing. And my immediate response, which I think I tweeted and I put on Facebook, was I just took 100% of a kid's Halloween candy and <laughs> sent her home with nothing. I am a monster. If they were all opening it in front of me, then I don't know that I could do it. I really don't. But the other side of this is every year that I've done this, The jackpots have been won, and I have no idea who won them. They've never been won in my site, and no one's ever come back and said, my kid won, you know, 10 bucks at your place. Well, that way you can't send them a 1099 later, which they're appreciative of, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm not giving away that much money. (laughs) Well, it's important (laughs) to know. We're, We're trying to have just a little twist on it. To bring everybody up to speed on this shindig, which is just phenomenal, let's very briefly tell everybody what the game was last year, and then we'll talk about the results, and then we'll talk about how you're tweaking it this year, Chuck. So introduce everybody to the Chuck Jaffe Halloween economic exercise game. Yeah, it's cash or candy, trade or treat, whichever you want. And before I even get to last year, it started a straight trade. You could have cash or you could have candy. And by the way, if you want to do this, you can do my versions or you can come up with your own because many members of my audience have tried their own versions, each with their own things in mind, and it's worked out great. I have yet to have somebody goes, oh, that was terrible. Quite the opposite. Everyone goes, wow, that was a blast. So it started with a simple trade for cash or candy. Then it was a trade where you could... You could say, okay, instead of coming to your house and taking the three pieces of candy, I could take a small a chance at a small money envelope, or I can play for a bigger money envelope by trading back candy. So last year, it advanced, because every year I advance it. I wish my neighbors would do what I did a year ago each time, but they won't. They've got small children, and they need to be out trick-or-treating. So last year, it was very simple. You could take three pieces of candy. They're fun-sized pieces of candy. Your return on investment for coming to my house in costume is 37 and a half cents worth of candy, three pieces of fun size candy. Or you could trade me one piece of fun size candy, and I picked it randomly. You don't get to like go, oh, wait, let me find the thing that I hate, but I'm also not taking any full size candy. One piece of candy for an envelope that had at least 50 cents up to a maximum of $4, but half of the small money envelopes held 50 cents. So in other words, if, you were, if you'd want to do the math on that, you were trading one piece of candy, assume it was also worth 12 and a half cents. You were trading 50 cents worth of candy, the three pieces you would have gotten, plus one of your own, for an envelope that was at least 50 cents and up to, I think it said four, it was actually $5 was the jackpot. There was a $5 jackpot. Or you could trade me three pieces of candy to pick from a group of 50 envelopes in which half of the 
couches were winners and the minimum winnings was a dollar with two $5 winners and one $10 jackpot. But the downside risk, half of the big money envelopes were empty. So all they had in them was a piece of paper that kind of said, here's what you did and why it didn't work out for you. So in the end, 43 kids played for big money. And this only goes for kids who are in third grade and up. I'm not doing this with little kids. 43 kids played for big money. 22 kids took the safer choice. And 10 kids stuck with candy because that's what they're coming to my house to get. Wow. I'm surprised 10 kids stuck with candy. That kind of, does that surprise you? I think that the reason that I had more kids that stuck with candy last year than I had in the years prior was that as the thing became more complicated, they didn't necessarily want to take the time to try to figure it out. Yeah, just give me my, just give me my. Well, yeah, it's sort of like being overwhelmed by a money problem, right? right? right. Where, you know, look, if that's the way you think, then certainly don't take the option that could let you wind up with zero, but you could have, you, you weren't losing either way. And last year, the best option was actually the small money option. Because the 23 of the people who played for big money picked empty envelopes. Mm. And so somebody did get the big jackpot, but the average win from the big money choice was a dollar. And by the way, you gave up 75 cents to play, right? 37 and a half cents of candy you would have gotten from me, 37 and a half cents I took from you. So you you won a dollar on average, but it was only worth 25 cents to you. You only had 25 cents. By comparison, the 22 players who played for small money they took home a, a little bit more than a dollar twenty-five on average, so they all had a better result. And of course, they had picked the right result in terms of they were going to do no worse than get what they expected to from their money. There's a nice discussion buried in here somewhere, Chuck, and I'm not sure where about standard deviation. Well, I think there's a lot of different discussions. I mean, I think for the kids, it's fascinating to hear them talk, as some of them will about. You know, I'm a risk taker. I'm figuring out my return on investment, which I've heard. And I'm like, how do you even know what return on investment is? And, <laughs> and I'm there. The great part for me is if the weather's good enough, I'm sitting on my front steps you know, with my dog out and I'm having conversations. And there's another reason for me to do this. My neighborhood has turned. I mean, my, my young daughters are now 28 and 26 and they've moved on. And like on my cul-de-sac, I'm the only house where there's not small children. I also work from my home, so I'm also the one who's here. I don't want these kids to somehow be scared of the guy that they don't know. I don't want them to somehow in an emergency feel they'd have to run past my house when I'm the one who is most likely to be there. They're going to be afraid of you, though, Chuck, because you're the money nerd in the neighborhood. Well, maybe, but I think they actually have a good time. I mean, it's very fun. They talk about it with their friends that when they bump into friends on the street, they want to see what their friends are going to do and more. And we've had... One of my favorite stories was the first year that we had where you could trade in candy. I had this group of seven girls who came in. They were carrying pillowcases full of candy. They're like, oh, take whatever you like. Take, grab a handful. We just, you know, this is just something different. Cool. (laughs) The first six traded candy. And the seventh girl's there. And she was, no, no, no. I want to just have candy. Okay. I've got to know. So I asked her, I've got to know. And she said, well, you just took my favorite candy out of a whole bunch of these, uh, of my friend's bags. My parents have a deal with me that when I bring home my favorite candy, they will not eat it. And she proceeded to reach into my candy dish and take her favorite candy bar. Let's say it was all Snickers bars. She took three of them that her friends had just lost and put them in her bag. 
And she got exactly what she wanted for her money. She knew the chance of getting exactly what she wanted because she sat there and watched the two of them was greater than it had been four minutes ago. Well, she knew that the candy she could pick at that point was exactly the candy she wanted. She knew that she would have no candy loss because <laughs> pick and choose out of my ba- out of my bowl, that's fine. I will say that the thing that was cool about last year was that the big money envelopes and the small money envelopes basically had the same amount of money in them. It took about $56, $57, between 56 and $57, and the difference was $0.50. Cents. It was like 56 50 to 57 So you set up those envelopes, and this year – I'm adding a lottery component to it. I can't wait to hear about this. So kids are going to have the chance to trade six pieces of candy. I may change it down to five, but five or six pieces of candy to play for a $20 jackpot. (laughs) But the 50 envelopes for the jackpot will have a grand prize, a $10 second prize, and 48 empty envelopes. And the envelopes do all have a thing in them. But 48 will be empty. So even if the jackpots are won, the average payout is going to be far worse than the other envelopes. By the way, a year from now, I'm going to make the lottery the cheapest option. Yeah, yeah. Because it's still going to be the worst choice. Whether you put in a lot of money or a little money, the lottery option is always going to be the choice where you go, okay, well, you could win big, but you're much more likely to lose. And if you did something smarter, that's the lesson we want to teach. If you do a little something smarter, even though you think it's not a lot of money at stake, you can do better. Well, Halloween's not till tomorrow, Chuck. Why don't you do it that way this year? You want to see the way it goes first this year? No, I fear that if I put the lottery in its proper place, that kids who are here this year and next year will have already realized the lesson. I want the lottery to be out of place this year uh, because I want you to think I've got to pay big money to win the big jackpot. Yeah. And then next year, I want it to be the sucker's play, which is, oh, you pay small money for the biggest jackpot. Has anybody ever said that you may be overthinking Halloween? Yes. Yes, they have. And uh, you know what? Grow up. That's right. You you clearly get $58 worth of entertainment out of this, Chuck. Well, I now get to buy a lot less candy, which is good. I get to have a lot of fun, and I do get the benefits of talking with my neighbors and my neighbor's kids and everything else. And quite honestly, when it comes to this kind of an exercise for Halloween, I'm going to quote from the Lego movie here. Any idea is a good idea, except the not happy ones. Yep. Princess Unikitty tells us (laughs) any idea is a good idea, except the non-happy ones. Guess what? Every kid goes away smiling. Even if they wind up losing money, they've had a good time. That's so So fantastic. That's what you want. And quite honestly, the other side of it, yes, maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm doing whatever. But the truth is, isn't it better if Halloween or the other holidays, I mean, we've never talked about what we do come like the Christmas and Hanukkah holidays. But you know, Joe, if you've read my columns, that for the last several years, I have basically sworn off gift cards. Yeah. And you can't imagine how much blowback I get on it and what people say about it. But the truth is that part of my logic there is, you know what, if you don't know what to buy somebody, spend the time with them instead of the money on them. And that way, the next year, you will know what to buy and you will have gotten to know them better. Find a way to to make something of it. We are all so busy and we don't have time. I don't want 
those those kids to walk by my house every day and not wave or not know me or you know not take a moment or to somehow when they're setting up their lemonade stands because I support every lemonade stand every little whatever I'm always there to somehow in any way shape or form not think that they're going to be supported by me and understand that hey there's a nice guy in the neighborhood I want them to be brave enough to come to my door when they've got to sell something for a class fundraiser because they are learning lessons that they need to learn and oh by the way whoever had anything bad happen to them from being nice to people that it's, we don't live in a world where there's a lot of nice right now. True. Yes. No, we could use more nice. And actually, we could just use more. My favorite part of this is just the discussions you get to have with all these kids and possibly even their parents, you know, about decision making. I mean, there's a lot of and, and, and you know what? Throw out the decision making. You just get to talk to people in the neighborhood. Like instead of having them just reach in and randomly grab something out of the bag and run onto the next house. I mean, what do I say when people come to my house for uh, Halloween? I'm like, oh, look at that. You're Spider-Man. And bam, hands in the bag, comes out, stuffs the candy away, and they're gone. Nope. The kids all know, and they now have known. And we live in a neighborhood that's all cul-de-sacs. And the parents often come up, and then the kids will go out because the parents are usually walking behind their kids and staying at street level, but they'll come up as well. They'll have the discussion. And I know that some of these kids, when they go home, they open it and they're they're cheering their win or they're, oh, I lost or whatever. Mom or dad's going to ask what happened. And yeah. they get to have conversations with the parents that say, what would you have done? Yeah. Right? Have that talk and do that stuff. Because we live in a society where your kids see money coming out. They see you go to an ATM and get cash out. They never see money going in. I wish you were passionate about this stuff. Hey, let's let's talk for a second about the Money Life Show, because I know that you just talked to our friend uh, Carter Malloy, who I think is a very smart guy over at Acre Trader. Uh, you've you, well, shoot, you talked to everybody. You just talked to Robert Schiller. What's coming up here soon, Chuck, on the Money Life? Well, I mean. We spend we do spend a lot of time talking with big names, but we try to cover everything, and that's why you get somebody like Carter Malloy from Acre Trader, who, for those who don't recall, is basically crowdfunding investments in farmland. But we've also done other sorts of crowdfunded investments and low-level investments. But as we get to the holidays, the holidays for us is a time for us to get the biggest, best names on and get their outlook for the year ahead. And although we haven't fully set our schedule. Joe Davis, the global chief economist at Vanguard, is coming. Dan Fuss, the legendary bond fund manager from Loomis Sales, will be on. And you just sort of start there, and it's pretty much, if you are an investment geek, uh, or even slightly investment geeky, it is going to be your wish list of great names in the money management field. And then mixed around it, like all the cool spending surveys, and we spend a lot of time talking about, oh, they've done this research, and it shows that People feel this way or they're spending an average amount of what on Halloween or whatever. So we have a lot of fun with it. And yeah, we try to get a great mix of big names with names that maybe you've never heard of. But once you hear them talk, you go, wow, maybe I should have. One of the few shows that comes out more than Stacky Benjamin's five days a week, Money Life with Chuck Jaffe. If, by the way, you're walking the dog or you're on your commute, we've got you covered. We'll have a link to Money Life and to Chuck on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Chuck, happy Halloween to you, my friend. Uh, It's the best holiday of the year. It's now my money holiday. The money pumpkin is out. I don't know if I'd like stopping at Chuck's house. 
I mean, it's too this, much math involved on Halloween. This is too much. I just want candy. But you put, you know, you might be able to get rich. Well, maybe not rich, but you might come away with a few more bucks stopping maybe. at the Jaffe residence. Okay. I love the economics lesson. Big thanks to Chuck. Chuck is, by the way, a masterwork when it comes to handing out candy. I think we could call him a masterwork of handing out candy, a master of handing out candy. Maybe that's better. Big thanks to Masterworks, by the way, for supporting our podcast. Before we get into our takeaways from our headlines, let's tell you just a little bit about them. Masterworks is the first art investment platform that allows you to invest in the world's most valuable paintings. What I like is art as an asset class is something when I was a financial advisor, you couldn't get into it. I always saw it at the top of the pyramid. Art historically, by the way, not been incredibly volatile. When you stuck with the masters, you think about volatility with top artists hasn't actually been the case. And you look at asset classes that historically have beaten inflation, art over long periods of time, an asset class that's done that. Masterworks is a members-only club for investing in art. You actually pick the actual piece that you want to invest in. They recently sold out an Andy Warhol offering, and they have had a Banksy offering that's been selling out quickly. Art, of course, not always the top-performing asset class, but last year, 10.6% for art. And it's very popular among the ultra-wealthy. The cool news is you don't have to be ultra-wealthy anymore. That's why I didn't uh, recommend art when I was a financial planner, because who the heck can afford that? What Masterworks does is divides the cost of that painting among a lot of different people. Now, the bad news is, of course, you can't sell just a little piece of the painting. The way that you get paid is Masterworks will sell the painting later. So you want to understand how this works but an attractive asset class. Masterworks is giving Stacky Benjamin's listeners the opportunity to bypass their waiting list if you visit masterworks.io and tell them that you are a stacker. Let them know Stacky Benjamin set you. You uh, can skip the wait list. I think our takeaways are Halloween can also be good money fun, OG. I think that's Chuck's big takeaway. The second big takeaway, that modem over there and maybe that Eero, we could finally turn that frown on OG's face upside down if I'd hook up the Eero. That or I'd just be able to text you more from upstairs. Amanda Holden, better known as the Dumpster Dog, she won the Plutus Award this last year for the best social media presence among indie financial media people. There is nobody I would rather follow online than Amanda Holden. And by the way, this segment, probably knowing a little bit about Amanda, probably not good for kids. Just I'm sure we won't swear. If there is some, we will bleep it out. But I also know that uh, following Amanda for a long period of time, this OG is probably going to be the funniest set of Halloween horror stories we've ever done. And we've had Roger Whitney on. We've had Rick Ferry. We've had some great guests talk about their Halloween horror stories. Ten bucks says Amanda's got some better ones. We'll see. A good friend, Amanda Holden, the dumpster dog coming back down to the basement. And back on her triumphant return to the basement. It's the dumpster doggy herself. Amanda Holden's back. Thank you, Joe. I, I really feel at home here. 
Well, because well, you like shag carpeting probably more than the next person. Yeah, but like to just roll up all in it. That's right. Hey, so elephant in the room, when did you decide that being a financial guru was going to be your Halloween costume? I want to hear that story. Well, for those that didn't see, I was dressed up as the one, the only Susie Orman because I was actually going to a Halloween party over at the financial diet. And it had been in the back of my mind as an idea to dress up as, but the thing is most millennials and then folks that are younger than an elder millennial like myself have no idea who Susie Orman is. She's fallen out of the zeitgeist a little bit. And so I don't tell her that. Don't tell her that by the way, do not let her know that because she doesn't think she has. Sorry, Queen Susie, my apologies. (laughs) But I just figured that over at the financial diets party that everyone would know who I am. And not only did they know who I am, everybody thought I genuinely looked like her. And so now I'm dealing with that reckoning. (laughs) So, so our producers of our show, we were talking about this segment and I'm like, oh my God, she, do you follow her on, on Instagram? Because it's hilarious. It's awesome. It's great. You get fantastic financial tips. And they're like, well, yeah, I think so. And I said, she dressed up like Susie Orman and I showed them the picture and they go, oh my God, I thought that was Susie Orman. <laughs> you, yeah. th- did you have any idea how much you were going to look? Ex- you looked exactly like Susie Orman. Joe, no. I did not know before <laughs> this that I looked like Susie Orman. <laughs> I got a lot of tweets that were like, when did you realize you look like her? It was like, and I'm like, I never knew I looked like her. <laughs> Y'all, that is just a freaky coincidence, I suppose. And so now I'm dealing with that. You but, sound, yeah, I'm glad you, that everybody else got a chuckle. You sound a little horrified. No, I'm okay with it. Right. I'm at peace with it. Well, <laughs> you you have been nice enough to be here for our special Halloween episode presenting some of the scariest money moments in dumpster doggy history. That's right. I I feel like, and and you probably can't say this, but I know that you think this, I'm kind of the perfect person to to have on for this topic because my brand is very much, if this absolute trash can can do it, then so can I. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we were sitting around. We're like, who would be perfect? Who is the dumpster fire? (laughs) I am kidding. And just to, to be perfectly frank, As you know from being a great educator, it's way more fun laughing at yourself and mistakes than it is like the Susie Orman stuff where they're yelling at people and telling you that you're wrong all the time. Like nobody gets this stuff. Exactly, Joe. And that's that's what I try to do is I try to deliver money education and information in a very shame-free type of way. And also, I'm incredibly self-deprecating, so I love to make fun of myself. <laughs> There's also a lot there <laughs> to make fun of. Well, that is, I don't know if you've listened to this show, but I have my share as well. So you're ready to start off this very scary <laughs> Halloween list. Let's do it. All right. What's the first scary Amanda story? Well, I feel like we should start with something fun and light and easy. And so I'd like to tell you a story about a time that I walked into an antique store. I saw something there that I loved at first sight, but I knew I couldn't have. It cost $50. And so I actually left the antique store empty handed. Well, not more than a couple of weeks later, I decided to go back and buy the thing that cost $50. And if you would like to know what it is, well, I have it right here. It is 
a troll doll that is actually conjoined at the face. Now, I know not everybody has video, but maybe what we can do is link to a photo of this in the show notes. What do you yeah, say, Joe? Absolutely. That was, that was 50 bucks. So for people that don't know, uh, it's about the size of, of my hand. Number one, it looks like you could have probably gotten that in a, a cereal box, like as your as your treat. Well, maybe not with the the, the sparkly things on the bottom. I, I disagree. <laughs> this is an heirloom. Um, yes, it costs fifty dollars, but this conjoined at the face troll doll. It's basically like two troll dolls, so it's like kind of like two for one. That's deal tr- a good point. Here, yes, it is a collector's <laughs> item. Some might say that this was a scary use of money. So that's my number one. That is horrifying, but we've all done that before. I mean, I do, I do that crap with uh, board games. Like, like Cheryl, my spouse is like, are you kidding me? Really? Uh, so you bought that for 50 bucks. Yeah. But she's bought, she buys DVDs and watches the movie once. And now I'm like, have you heard of streaming? Have you ever heard of streaming? Yeah. Fabulous. And we all have our things, you know, we all spend our money on stupid shit. Let's be honest. Can we cuss on this podcast? We can. We just bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> but but here's the... Yeah, I like how you ask right after, by the way. So what do you do then, though? So let's go from the person who messed it up to the... What, what do you do? Just limit the amount of money that you're going to spend on troll dolls that are linked at the head? Yes. I, I would say that the immediate thing that you can do to alleviate such a contentious purchase would be to go move $50 into a savings account right away (laughs) and then ideally invest that money. But in general, just budgeting for fun splash around stuff, no matter what it is. Yeah, because I'm thinking you got to have an outlet. I mean, if you take away all the fun, you and I both seen these people where, you know, they get all excited about budgeting. They want to do it. They eat ramen noodles and water and that's it. And then like a month later, they go, Go, oh, we nailed it. So I'm going to go buy a big screen TV. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's funny because moderation is the word that I'm looking to use right now, but I would hardly describe it as moderation. It's kind of like going extreme in both directions, right. which I guess evens out over time. Right. At some point. If you got one leg in boiling water and one leg, in, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, that was scary. But come on, I know you can do better. You can do better. I got something scarier than that. Oh, yeah? So let me tell you a story about, and hopefully I can tell this story. I guess I should have thought this through. So let me tell you a story about the last time I was in New Orleans, my favorite city in the United States. It was my younger sister's 30th birthday. We were there to celebrate. On the first night that we were there, I wore out a pair of earrings that I loved. She's this Colombian designer. She makes these fabulous earrings. I saved up. I found some on sale. I had really wanted them for years. And so... That's not the scary purchase, Joe. I saved up for those. I really wanted them. What's scarier is that I woke up the next morning and I did not have them. And I could not find them throughout the duration of the weekend. And finally, as we were cleaning up after the long weekend in New Orleans, we're putting all of our stuff away. I'm scrambling trying to find these earrings. I call the front desk. I get everybody in the party involved to try to help me find these earrings. All of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I looked at my sister and I was like, oh my goodness, Maddie, I think I gave those earrings to a stripper on Thursday. (laughs) And she looks at me and she goes, you did. Oh my goodness. We had forgotten that the stripper had complimented my earrings. And so I gave them to her. I hope that they're having a good life now. You're a giver. (laughs) I'm a giver. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you need to cut that one out, you can. No, we. No, I don't. Think, I don't. I don't think we're going to. I really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. This is exactly why we want you here. I want people to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> which Which of the forty mistakes on that weekend trip should we highlight? There's actually so many more. I can actually tell another story from that same weekend since we're just going there. So it was not only my sister's birthday, it was also Halloween. The Seahawks, where I'm, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, they were playing the Saints, which if you follow the NFL, I barely do these days. But one of my sister's birthday wishes was for her and all of her friends to dress up as Pete Carroll, who is the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, which just to give you a visual of what this guy looks like, he's got kind of like the white hair. We actually wore Colonel Sanders wigs to replicate the white hair. He's got the headphone. He's always smacking on bubble gum and then like a long sleeved blue Seahawks shirt, some front pleated khakis, like straight from your dad's closet and then white Nike Air Monarchs. And so my sister and I put everybody, all 13 people in the party in charge of finding their own front pleated khakis and white Nike Air Monarchs. But we supplied everybody's shirt, headphone, and then Colonel Sanders wig. So we could have 13 Pete Carroll's dressed up. And so that was not cheap, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do for the Halloween costume. Am I right? That's so, no, you're totally right. Uh, You have to, I mean, there's, you, you have to. I think the thing that I'm thinking to try to put something on this story is, I mean, you knew your sister's birthday was coming up for a long time. It was a big milestone birthday. You want to make the most of it. So you planned ahead of time and gave some earrings away. Yeah, gave some earrings away. Bought 13 Pete Carroll costumes. Bought two other costumes, if we're being totally honest. It's like any special occasion. My sister and I just choose to celebrate these occasions with costumes, whereas somebody else might want a spa day or a day at the tracks. Is, is that something people do? I don't know. <laughs> Not me. Maybe this, maybe the spa day. Not sure about the day at the track. Why does it have to be either or? By the way, it, it doesn't. Why it can't can be it be both? The day at the track can pay for the spa day. No, we probably Honestly, that's that would be ideal. That's probably not the not the win condition we're looking for. But in your budget, I know you well enough to know you save up for those though. Like I'm sure you don't leave there without any regrets besides not coming home with the earrings. Like to tell you about a dumb thing that I did. I mean, our whole honeymoon we did on credit cards. Because I didn't have any money. And I just remember that plane ride home, all the regret, like all the regret. Like, don't get me wrong. We had a great time. It was fantastic. But starting off your new marriage and you have all this credit card debt after this blast that you just had. uh, Talk about fun. Uh, New Year's Eve, Charleston, super expensive hotel. We were at the place where the TV stations are you know, and the glass sculpture stuff. And we're trying out these drinks because it's part of our ticket. I didn't know what a Tom Collins was. I had no idea. What's a highball? Like I'm doing stuff that somebody who's like 90 would drink and, and just, yeah, give me one of those. Uh, still, my head still hurts from those today, but anyway, but you didn't do that. I'm sure you didn't do that. Well, and I think that a really good way to stem some of like the the spending hangover or the shame you may feel from a big weekend, like a bachelorette weekend or a honeymoon is making sure that the saving happens first. And then whatever is left over, that's yours to spend. 
and you can spend it however you want, you know, whether that's a spa weekend or a weekend in New Orleans. And so it's that old adage, which is, let me make sure that I don't get it wrong. Spend what is left after saving. Don't save what is left after spending. And I think that it's, I mean, it's so simple, but it's so important because if you're a butthead like me and you don't have some sort of stopgap in place to make sure that the saving happens automatically, I mean, I would spend every last dollar. I really would. And so I have to make sure that the saving is automated first. I am surprised that you remember the phrase like save before spending, but you don't remember the phrase don't give the earrings to the stripper. No, that that one was never in my lexicon, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I I guess not. All right. By the way, if you're wondering if I'm going to play that sound effect over and over until it gets really old, yes, I am. So you can do better. I know you've got more in you. Come on, bring it. All right. So here's another one for you, Joe. This one is, the other ones don't embarrass me that much. This one is legitimately embarrassing to me because only an absolute would do such a thing. So back in my day, when I was in my 20s, going to a lot of concerts. I mean, I was socializing outside of the home pretty much every night, pretty like typical early 20s type of routine. I really wanted to go to this concert. I had been to this this band's concert many times, and I really wanted to go again. Have you ever heard of the band Fish? Yes. Okay. Okay. For those that that don't know Fish, how would you describe it? It's like a a jam band for insufferable San Francisco hippies in their early forties. Like that's how I would. Yes. Like here's here's how I describe Fish. If the Grateful Dead is too old for you, but you generally like that jam, Fish is probably where you're headed. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a real good time if you like dancing around with hippies. And so, anyways. Fish is very popular. There's a huge resale market for their tickets. You often have to get them on Craigslist. And a friend and I, in an act of desperation, as if this story isn't bad enough already, in an act of desperation, actually sent a Western Union to these people to buy fish tickets. And you're not going to believe this. Guess what? It was a scam. Why am I telling this when I'm trying to position myself as a financial expert? I don't know, Joe. It doesn't make a lot of logical sense. (laughs) So how much money did you send the scammer, Amanda? At least $200. Potentially more. I should check with my friend, Allison. Allison, if you're listening, send in a note to Joe and let him know how much money we lost. Because you've blocked it out. I blocked it out. It was so long ago. It was so many years ago. I was so young. Young, naive. (laughs) So you had to buy them again, though. Like, you still went. I'm sure you went. You're right, Joe. I still did. I did still go. (laughs) So you spent $400 on your fish tickets. Yeah. Debatable whether it was worth it, but let's not ruminate over over such a (laughs) cost-benefit analysis at this point. It was a decade ago, maybe more. (laughs) But you still brought it it here today. That is very awesome. Awesome is one word for it. (laughs) Let's talk about you, about the Dumpster Dog blog, because seriously, you I have so much fun reading your stuff, following your social media. As we said when we were introducing you on the way down, you won the Plutus Award this year for your social media, which you could have won last year. You could have won it the year before that. Like, it's funny how overnight successes take a while, right? They totally do. And it's so true. And, and I'm really grateful for that award. I was really not expecting it to come for social media, but hey- I'll take it. 
but you teach people so much stuff. So tell everybody about what you do on the blog, because you, you talk about investing, about dividends, about ETFs, about savings. I mean, you, you teach so much cool stuff. Thank you so much. And I definitely try. So I have a blog. It's called the Dumpster Dog Blog. My handles on Instagram are dumpster.doggy. And on Twitter, it's just dumpster doggy. If you want to find me there, I'm always trying to provide free education specifically on investing, but about all money topics. Um, my background is actually in investment management. So I worked for an investment management company in San Francisco for six years, working directly with high net worth clients. But I ended up leaving that job so I could get this information, this critical information to the demographic that I care most about, which just happens to be young women or really anyone who's felt left out of these conversations because so often these conversations are only reserved for the wealthy or people feel ashamed or people don't feel included. So this has been really perfect because what I want to show people is that you don't have to be perfect to be good with money. You don't have to be a money-saving robot. You can make mistakes, even big ones, and it does not preclude you from being successful with money over time. I just feel bad that you hold back so much. Yeah. Some people would call this thirsty, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I call it fun as hell. Thanks for hanging out with us on Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. Hey there, trivia junkies. I'm your Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And while Chuck Jaffe may know economic games and Amanda has some great horror stories, I'll bring the best costume. Yes, I will. White wig, expensive but you know, wrinkled suit, boring-ass tie. Perfect. Of course, you know who I'm dressed as, right? I mean, everybody can guess that, of course. No, oh, gee, it's not just some random old white dude. It's obvious. I mean, even the people listening can tell what I am, right? You you all knew that I was Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, right? I mean, come on! Who wouldn't be scared to death of another creepy discussion about how the Federal Reserve's going to raise interest rates so we can't take out more low-cost debt? I mean, who wouldn't be terrified of that? Well, just the thought of that gives me the shivers. Well, although uh, you know, OG doesn't seem impressed by my Jerome Powell get-up, I think he will like my Halloween theme for today's trivia question, which is this. What was the most popular costume of all way back in 2018? I'll be right back with the answer in a ghoulish minute. Well, we've had scary stories, OG, from uh, Amanda (laughs) and uh, economic lesson from Chuck Jaffe. How do we put the economic lesson together with a horror story? Here's one. How about not having enough money for your business, even though things are going really well? That sucks. That could be absolutely horrible. And that's why we're saying big thanks to Cabbage for supporting Stacky Benjamins. As you know, managing inventory, covering payroll, and doing a hundred other things before lunch, that's just an average day when you own a business. Your time's valuable. Getting the money you need shouldn't take up all of it. That's why Cabbage created a simple modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. What I like about Cabbage, they've made this all easy. Because if you want the real horror story, just walk down to a bank and ask them for some funding. And you will see the gauntlet of fire that it is 
trying to get cash for your business. Cabbage's application process is online, takes just minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and withdraw more funds whenever you need extra capital. Of course, they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they've provided over 185,000 small businesses with access to funding, and yours will be 185000 and one. So get the money you need to run your small business today. Head to cabbage.com and use the code SB and you're going to get a hundred dollar credit on your first loan installment. That's K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. Offer ends November 30th of this year. It's got to be a minimum $5,000 loan to qualify. Credit lines subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital or separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank. I've been told, I've been told it's not Celtic, it's Celtic. So there it is. Member FDIC. Welcome back, ghosts and goblins. That is so lame. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and while tomorrow you might get candy and licorice today, you're about to get the best treat of all. That's right, my trivia answer. If you don't remember, I just asked you what the most popular Halloween costume was 12 whole months ago, back on Halloween 2018. The answer? Well, uh, you know, if you're having a battle royale with your friends trying to guess the answer, you're on the right track. Of course, the most popular costume is based on a cartoon battle-themed video game created by Epic Games back in 2017. Not only revolutionized a couple of dances that I like to show off down at the Sizzler, know what I mean? But yeah, you're guessing it. That's right. The answer to 2018's most popular costume comes from... The video game Fortnite. Good news. It doesn't say here on my sheet, but I'll bet Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, was a close second. Right right behind those Fortnite costumes. I'm almost sure of it. See ya! Well, it wasn't your choice, but it's pretty, that's, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? Yeah, my kids were both Fortnite people. Were they really? Yeah. 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 How could you not be? I'm sure. And you were a happy, proud Fortnite dad last year. Uh, last year was a nice year for handing out candy. We didn't have a lot of kids, which means I got to eat a lot. And um, it was also pretty nice outside. So just kind of sat outside and enjoyed the, the neighbors for a few minutes. I don't think I've laughed harder during a uh, Halloween episode. I like the takeaway there. Don't, don't, hand, don't hand off your earrings to somebody. I think that's a valuable, valuable lesson that uh, Amanda learned, don't you? It seems like uh, maybe you should have instructions in earrings, you know, like like what you should should or shouldn't do with them. <laughs> Wait. Like really do, expensive watches and stuff like that. Do this not, is not currency. Do not give these to that person. Yes. Very funny. I have to tell you, too, uh, following Amanda, you learn a lot of financial stuff. And you kind of learn what um, what kind of fun Amanda likes to have. It's a, always a good time hanging out with uh, Amanda. Let's throw out Dave and Lifeline, OG, and we'll tackle some of life's most important questions here on the day before Halloween. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. I'll tell you what I value first tomorrow night, Kit Kats and Nestle Crunch. My tolerance for... Halloween candy really has gone down probably over the last like five years. Like, you know, I have like a, like the, those mini ones, 
ones that are not even the fun size, but the minis. Oh. Like one or two of them, and I'm good. No, my tolerance is pretty high. Oh, I know. I will tell you this. I regret it afterwards. I always regret it. Yep. But love it. Well, to your loved ones in your time. And maybe if you laid off the if I laid off the Halloween candy, I'd have more time with my loved ones in my time. But if I want my life insurance to pay off, probably gotta die sooner. No, that's that's ugly. Uh, it's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Like, please don't do the ROI on your life insurance. Head to the day before Halloween. It's kind of a grisly topic. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote. It's a simple application online so you can get trick or treating. You'll get an instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable. You can get on living knowing that it's backed by Mass Mutual, more than 160 year old insurer. Today, we've got, uh, we're going to throw out the lifeline to Peter. How about that? Say hi, Peter. Hey, guys. Sebastian here. <laughs> Just kidding. You all aren't near that exotic. This is Peter. I wanted to touch base regarding my last call regarding using retirement money for rental homes. To no one's surprise, I ignored your advice. And while paying my 401k loan back with my sale proceeds sounded reasonable enough, I actually had to use a notable sum of money to replace a blown AC unit for my tenant next door. Boy, you could not have scripted a more poignant time for that expense to hit. And whoa, Nelly, does that money go quick? I guess an emergency fund can actually be an important thing to have laying around. Who knew? For the remaining cash, I've read a lot about market volatility and the perks of becoming a day trader in my quiet time. So I've got the remaining <laughs> funds set aside in cash to trade as I see fit. What do you all think? While I'm joking to some extent, I am going to leverage myself just a bit more as I'm under contract on one more rental home for this year. So here's my new actual question. You all have mentioned in the last few weeks working to not be over leveraged on rental properties. In a world where 20% down is required on rental homes, what do you all consider to be over leveraged? And what reserves do you personally want to see on the sideline to help with emergencies such as a 20-year-old AC unit blowing up? I'm working to personally keep six months of cash available for all liabilities and willing to go haywire with the rest. Additionally, can you have Og call me back? I'm interested to see what he's got to say about my personal stuff, but I'm waiting on a return phone call. I'd appreciate it, boys. Have a good one. I'm a size XL. Oh, man. Uh, thank, well scripted. Thank you, Peter. Nice job again. Uh, good work. Let's talk about this, Og. What do you think about um, being over leveraged? I think it sparks the soul. You know, it gets you going in the morning. If you're not over levered, you know, what motivation do you have to get up and go to work? You know, if you don't owe a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of money, like how boring <laughs> is life? You know, you need a reason to get out of bed. <laughs> you need a reason to get going, man. It's like the guy, so. the commercial we always quote, the dude on his, uh, on his riding lawnmower. I'm yeah. leveraged. I'm in debt up to up my eyeballs. To my eyeballs. Yeah. This is such a personal thing and obviously it's a financial thing in as much as you can handle it. You know what I mean? If you are okay with dipping into your personal reserves for something that goes sideways or an extended period of time of things that go sideways or you're in a business that produces, you know, decent cash flow that you can kind of float cash between one endeavor and another, that's going to help offset maybe a little bit of what other people might say is a little bit too overlevered. It also helps, I think, in your financial plan, if you have someone close to you, that's a sounding board. And I don't necessarily mean a financial advisor. In my case, this is my wife, who 
is the voice of reason when I say things like, we should buy this. And she says, no, stupid. That's a dumb idea. And then I try to convince her anyways. And then she says, I said no. And then I go back to my corner and lay down. So I think that's helpful to have a business partner or a personal life partner, something that's the exact opposite spectrum of you. As far as percentages goes, I don't know that I have an opinion about you know, is it is 30%, 40%, 50%? Because there'll be different times. I had a rental property that I owned that I owned free and clear. that had zero leverage on it. And then I used the equity in it, plus a little bit of cash that I had to buy a larger apartment building that now together probably is around 70% loan to value. So the fact that I wasn't exposed at all to one property allowed me to actually upgrade to the next one. You know, I didn't plan it that way. It just worked out that way. So I didn't have to come out of pocket for any, any down payments. So you got to do whatever you're comfortable with, I guess. Well, I think a few things to think about is what your cash flow looks like right now and how much uh, you can endure if something goes wrong. If you don't have a renter, it'd be great to know that you can cover several months of not having that renter in place, you know? So knowing your cash flow that you begin with already from your work, you definitely don't want to be in a position where you're subsidizing your rental property because of the fact that you didn't think about, well, what if I'm not 100% rented? Well, I think it's also true. It matters like what we're talking about here, you know, relative to your personal financial situation. If you have a single family residence that has a $400 a month loan on it and you'd rent the $600 a month. And so you'd cash flow $200. I mean, you might be able to look at your personal situation and say, I could pay $400 extra every month on this loan till the end of time and be okay financially. It's not ideal, but maybe you wouldn't say the same thing about a $15,000 a month mortgage on a $2 million investment property. You know, maybe that one is just a bridge too far. So because of that exposure, yeah, you're going to want to have a lot more cash on hand to offset any any issues, but maybe a single family house or a little duplex or something, you're like, yeah, whatever. Or maybe it's not, you know what I mean? Like you just have to use your own personal judgment there, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think it's going to buy personal judgment. I think it's knowing your personal numbers very, very well. Yeah. And uh, Peter, you're probably way far down on the list. So if you want to send me an email, you can. And he just went to the bottom of the list with yeah, that. Yeah, and you're moving further down, actually. With that voicemail. So <laughs> get him while the getting's good. Thanks for the question, Peter. You got a question for OG where he can snarl at you too. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And uh, like Peter, you can also claim a Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt. Definitely not a reason to do it. But I got to tell yeah, it you, is. those are really comfy T-shirts. They, they are so comfortable. And Brad's designs are so cool. Uh, not just that when you can check them all out at stackybenjamins.com forward slash shirts. We make no money on hawking T-shirts. We just like having cool gear. And it's always fun showing up places in uh, a cool Stacky Benjamins T-shirt. They're so cool, by the way. You don't know, like some 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 podcast just have like the name of the podcast across their chest. And I'm I'm trying to think of one of Brad's t-shirts where it makes it really clear that it's even a podcast t-shirt. Mm. Sometimes There's the Texas one that just says stacker. That's true. Yeah. But have you ever run into anybody that knows what your shirt is? I'd be curious if somebody has run into somebody else. Yeah. Just like in the wild. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, it's a Staggy Benjamin shirt. I know that. 
I mean, we feel like we're kind of BMOCs. You I don't know. know. Because the I feel like we're pretty cool. I but. feel like we're deep underground indie producers. Like if you know it, you're one of the few cool kids. Like you and the okay. other listener. Like if you and the other listener run into each other, how cool would that be? <laughs> it's like trying to find the boardwalk piece from Monopoly and <laughs> McDonald's. It's a it's there's a, one of them. There is. And there's only 75 million locations, right? All right, that's going to do it for today. What a fantastic Halloween episode. I had so much, so much fun. Uh, Doug's going to thank everybody, but another thanks uh, from me. Thanks to everybody. Have a very safe night out tomorrow night. Be careful out there, everyone. And uh, if you're looking for financial planning help in your corner that's not scary, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. And you'll jump ahead of Peter. <laughs> you're you're automatically not last in line, right? All right, uh, Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, I guarantee you what our listeners learned today was, first, take some advice from Amanda Holden and don't hand the <clears throat> nice person at the bar your earrings. That's a lesson I'll take to heart next time I'm handing over my earrings. Second... Take some advice from Chuck Jeffy and, oh, come on, go for the envelope, win some big money, go for it for once in your life. But the big lesson, <laughs> doing this floss dance in my Jerome Powell get up ain't easy. I just keep punching my leg. Time to wrap this up. I'm headed out trick-or-treating with Gertrude. See ya. Special thanks to Chuck Jaffe and Amanda Holden, a.k.a. the Dumpster Doggy, for stopping by. You'll find all of the links to all her hilarious and informative social media accounts and blog in our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. You'll also find Chuck Jaffe's Money Life with Chuck Jaffe Show wherever you're listening to us right now. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just noticed it's just as dark and damp down here as Joe's soul. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. I know we talk, we've talked about this before, but let's just dive into scary movies a little bit.
it's going to be a pretty short after show. You just you had to have watched one before that you thought was pretty uh, pretty scary. I don't I don't watch scary movies ever. You never have, just never have. I can't say never. I mean, if you rattle off a movie, I might have seen it, but yeah, I would not go out of my way to. But let's just talk about a movie where you went, yeah, that was that that was a pretty scary thing. Like you, won't... I know what you did last summer. Ah, weren't there like fifteen of those? Yes. Here's the uh, first one from 1997. Boy and girl are making out, right? When they hear over the radio that this lunatic killer's escaped from an insane asylum. That's not the way it goes. The boy goes for help, and the girl stays in the car, and she hears this, like, scratching sound. No, he's been decapitated. No, he was gutted with a hook. Think he's dead. We can't just leave him here. Oh, tell me, little Miss Prelaw, what's the charge for manslaughter? We make a pact. Right here and now we take the Sar grave. For the last year, four friends have kept a secret. Oh, this this is that guy. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I'm waiting for him to be like all secrets in a gala- galaxy. 55 times farther than the sun. That's so awesome. That's fantastic. Terrorists have attacked the United States one last time. Arnold Schwarzenegger is, you know, don't you expect to hear that? I have never, uh, I've never seen that movie. I mean, I've heard about it 5 million times. Never seen it. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. The only other movie that I can remember seeing parts of was, um, what was the movie where the, it was kind of a teenager college age kid type deal like this one where, they all had like random ways that they were dying. Oh, uh, nah. the final something or something like that. Or... Don't know. Like, you know, a toaster fell in a bathtub. Yeah. 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 You know, it was just totally logical. Like, obviously who doesn't make toast when they take a bath, you know, type of deal. Like weird stuff like that. I liked some of the classic movies. Here's one back from 1981. This is, uh, was a Peter Straub book called uh, A Ghost Thank Story. I will show you things that you will never see. And I will see the light run out of you. Long ago, on a cold, dark night, in this peaceful New England village, something happened. Something too terrifying to remember. Something James Earl Jones. to forget. Something that has remained a secret until now. Did anyone else seeing these? Am I the only one having nightmares? Universal Pictures presents Fred Astaire, Melvin Douglas, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., John Hausman, Ghost Story. Like all these, all these guys are super old actors and they they were have been in a fraternity many many years before and something very bad happened and the ghost a ghost from that time comes back to haunt them all in their old age what was the movie see how much more of like um like not a horror movie but more of like like a drama thriller type of thing like i i can get behind that like uh american psycho oh yeah oh yeah 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 you know what i mean like yeah. that's a psychotic movie that's got some scary but parts it's not a too. horror movie no. you know what i mean it's not like yes make believe it's like that i mean 
guess. Well, well, and that's, that's what I like about this movie about ghost story is that it is, it's more about the story than about, you know, you know, I don't know. It's not jump scares yeah. and like chainsaws and that sort of thing. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the one that was with uh, Michael Douglas and um, Glenn Close? No, not that one. I know that's the uh, like Hand the Rocks a Cradle or something, right? No, it's um, Cape Fear. No, but that's another one. But that was uh, that was Robert De Niro, right? And oh, uh, Robert De Niro, Meryl yeah, Street. Yeah. And they're about the same. No, so this one was with is it was Sean Penn. The birthday party one, you know what I'm talking about, right? Probably one of the best movies of all time, actually. Was it called The Game? Yes, The Game. If you have not seen The Game, have you seen it? No, but hold on. Oh God. That guy's jumping off a jumping off a uh, skyscraper. Michael Douglas jumping off a skyscraper. Falling through a ceiling. So he falls directly into this room that's full of people, but it's like he was supposed to do that. Like it's all part of the, it's all part of the thing. You can't tell me, can you? I'm surprised that that's a trailer. Doesn't seem like a logical. Uh, It says movie clip. Did I just give away the movie? You might want to back it up a little bit. (laughs) Well, well, you know it's not, what? It's not. It's not really. Doesn't give anything away. But this is from 1997. If that's a spoiler, yeah. <laughs> I think it's on you. Spoiler. Yeah. If you haven't seen the game, it's a good game. Yeah. Sorry. Might have given a little bit of the it's game away. Movie. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military and let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend og who spent time in the military and of course we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, mr surly navy federal offers member only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals visit navyfederal.org celebrate and you'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 